Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome to Judd's Hockey Show, uh, a Thanksgiving weekend edition, I guess. Uh, last time we talked was before the Wild uh, uh, beat the uh, drawers up, the Winnipeg Jets, and then lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. But right after the Ryan Reeves trade, he has now made his Wild debut. It's Judd, it's Declan, uh, Wild preparing to play Arizona tomorrow in uh, the... It'll be what the um, uh, the fifth game, if I'm not mistaken, of a seven game homestand. And Declan, that's where I wanted to start. I want to start here. So the Wild beats the Jets very convincingly, impressive win, six to one, uh, a couple nights ago. And then yesterday afternoon they come back and they lose four three to a Maple Leafs team that's good, but mm-hmm. it was still in the midst of a seven game homestand. And I want to give you the thing that 20 games into their season sort of stands out. Um, in what's going to be a very tight Western Conference, and it's this: the Minnesota Wild at home is four six and one right now. This was a team that uh, was very good at home last year. Uh, it's no longer fair to like downplay this and be like, "Well, we're early; things could change." I mean, four six and one at home in the midst of a uh, seven game homestand, which I think the Wild right now is two and two, um, is a bit surprising to me. I think that among the things that we could point to that stand out from a team standpoint. Uh, that really jumps off the page at me that they uh, have not had more success so far at the X. I mean, that's basically a little less than 50% of the points you're taking home at home. I mean, that's you want that percentage on the road. If you get that on the road, you're fine. If you get 50% of the points that you can possibly earn on the road, you, you, that's pretty damn good. You want more of a, you know, probably 70 to 80% point conversion rate when you're at home ice. You're not going to win every game on a home ice or at any home field advantage for most sports, but you're leaving points on the board there. You know, if, if you get drubbed on the road, I think sometimes you just kind of take up the L's there, right? Cause it's, it's not your environment. Um, you just don't play well that when you're not at home, you're not comfortable. Some people like to think it's even overrated to a degree. I'm also that kind of buys into that sometimes. Um, but if you're not taking care of business at home, uh, that's yeah, again, leaving points on a table in a crowded Western conference that, uh, is going to be tough to make the playoffs here. So yeah, I mean, they've been pretty, pretty bad at on home ice, which has historically been a very, uh, like a safe haven to them. The team that has historically, since they've entered the league has had one of the best home ice advantages, at least in regular season games, uh, playoffs have been a different story too, but at least yeah. in the regular season, they have historically been one of the better teams since they've entered the NHL. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're leaving points on home ice and that's kind of, going to what could end up costing them if they're outside that playoff bubble when the regular season ends just for context last last year when the uh when the wild of the franchise record 113 points at home 
31, 8, and 2. Yeah. So they are two losses. Losses. To their two regulation losses away from equaling their loss total. So yeah, I, I don't think it's um it, it hasn't been talked about a lot, but I don't think we can down we can continue to downplay that because you're right. If you're not gonna get those points at home, and yes, you're gonna play some good teams, but I mean that's where you know, if you say, Well, the Wild was playing at Toronto, tough loss, but right? Sure. That's not the excuse here. Right. So yeah, that just has I wanna say was it a couple of years ago or so? For the first time in a long time, they weren't that good at, at yeah. home, and then they rebounded really nicely last yeah. season, and they were great at home. Yep. Uh, but back to what your point was too. I mean, this Western Conference race, and especially for those bottom wild card standings, I mean, those are going to be th- those last two places are going to, to be incredibly tight. In fact, as um, before play begins on Saturday here, as we record this, it's a situation where. Uh, the Wild, I want to say, is tied with a bunch of teams, uh, points-wise, with 20 points. So, yep. yeah, if you're you're going to have to find a way, I think. And yesterday's game was frustrating. It was not a bad game. The Wild didn't play poorly. But, you know, Flurry comes back after being out with what he essentially acknowledged was concussion-like symptoms from falling and hitting his head against Nashville. And he lets in the first goal by Mitch Marner was not great. The second goal that the Leafs scored was absolutely, it was a Zach Aston Reese goal. It was awful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand bad goals are going to go in, but in a 4-3 loss in which you had Zuccarello score an empty net goal to bring you within one, that's absolute killer. That's absolute killer. And, and... Flurry improved from there. So this loss is not completely on him. But I just don't think that you can look past the, the, the little things that the Wild isn't necessarily consistently doing that is costing them. And we're deep enough now where, again, I don't think you can just dismiss it all and be like, well, I mean, come on. At some point in time, it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, it, it's a jam-packed West right now. So the Wild, yeah, as, as we begin. We're recording this on a Saturday afternoon, so things are going to shift because most teams are playing today. Um, but they're only uh, – they're well, they're technically tied for the second Wild card spot. Uh, with Edmonton, they're a point out from the first wild card spot. They're three points out of Colorado from third place in the Central Division. So, I mean, it, it's it's still log jammed right now, and they're by no means you know buried in the playoff picture. In fact, Chicago's finally coming down to earth after their weird kind of nice start to the season. Obviously, Anaheim's not good. Uh, you know, Arizona, who has somehow won a few extra games here and there, they're not supposed to be good. Yep. Um, you'll, you'll start to kind of see, you know, things start to, uh, to, to widen themselves out and figure the other teams will just kind of figure themselves out here. Um, but right now, I mean, the wild are just, they're just kind of a meth team. You know, they're not, um, I think you and I had this conversation like two weeks ago that they're not an unlikable team. They're just kind of a boring team right now. They, they don't score a lot of goals. Their offense is down. Um, getting flower back was obviously huge for them. Philip Gustafson can't be relied upon and be taken seriously to be a, be a playoff team. So even though Fleury, I'm sure, was shaking some cobwebs off, for the lack of better words, yesterday after coming back from concussion-like symptoms, um, it's good that he is back. But in, until they start consistently scoring goals, like they kind of showed us against Winnipeg, and to a degree, I guess, yesterday against Toronto, it's going to be hard to really buy in that this team has legit chance of, of making a deep run in the playoffs. The team that we're seeing right now is a borderline playoff team. But in my opinion, just from afar in watching the totality of this league and the sport, I wouldn't mind if they didn't make it. Cause yeah, they're not that they're not interesting. They, they lack a lot. 
Um, they continue. It's weird. So here's what this goes a little bit deep, but here's what I don't like so far. And and again, I am I agree completely. Like I don't hate this team. Like it's not like the Parisi suitor. They've become despicable. Okay. So I'll preface this entire comment by saying that because this is not like a personal. You guys are just a bunch of louts. Now, yes, there was a furious rally yesterday, but it felt a little bit more genuine than than the old stat padding BS that we saw. But here's what I am conflicted about. They are turning this team into a heavy, a heavy playing Ryan Reeves, you know, Mm -hmm. being the latest edition, a heavy team. Um, that looks like it's going to desperately try to make the playoff type of team instead of, uh, you know what, we're going to also develop guys team. And I'll go back to it. Marco Rossi is now continuing to sit. He's here. They're, they're fearful that someone might get hurt or sick. And so they keep him here in the press box. I absolutely hate that. But when you look at this team, you know, Dex, I'll go back to it at center. Sam Steele. Freddie Goudreau, Eric Sinek, who's legit. He's legit. Connor Dewar, who's a young, hardworking player. And there are some players who are young, and and I like what they bring. But the fact is, those are your centers. That's not a playoff team. That's not a playoff team. And, you know, Alex Goligoski is now playing again. God bless him. The the thousandth game, the goal was awesome. That was fantastic. But is Alex Goligoski a second-pairing defenseman? He's on the second pair. Is he a second-pairing defenseman on a playoff team? I just have a lot of I have a lot of questions, um, and I guess I'm not completely shocked. But what did we talk about at this time last year? Look at how fast the Wild is. Like, yeah. like they they were they had turned a big corner of they're playing a style that oh you know I love this style. This is an NHL 2000 at the time 21 22 style. And you look at the style that they play right now, and you look at their approach, um, I just don't necessarily see it. And if the difference is being in potentially a higher draft pick in the lottery or getting this collection over the the finish line for a first-round playoff loss, um, I don't know, man. I'd prefer to see them miss the playoffs. Well, so they're they're not bad enough to be a top bottom five team right now and for me when it comes to the nhl draft at least i'm not going to take a lot of different stock between the 11th overall pick and the 19th overall pick so i'm not going to take a stock between a team that clearly didn't make the playoffs and probably the first team that's in the playoffs that has the next pick in the drafts they're outside the lottery um their identity as you like to say um it's going to be this new reeves and felino style you can't flip a switch and make your team look offensively that good again. Fiala's gone. Um, Hartman is regressed. Felino, I know who had a, had a nice game against Winnipeg has regressed. Your scoring has just regressed and you can't flip a switch and make that happen. So Bill Guerin has basically pivoted and said, okay, if we can't make that happen, because we don't have the personnel, we don't have the centers, we don't have the speed. Let's play a heavier, boring, but heavier, boring style. And is it as up to par with teams like Colorado or even Dallas right now, who's playing very well and Vegas, who has finally bounced back with their deep team? No, but can that's how they're going to bank to win games is playing up to size and playing up to heaviness and hopefully getting enough goaltending where they only allow maybe two a night. And can they win three to two or even two to one? 
that's going to be their philosophy to winning. I don't think it's sustainable for winning and making a deep playoff run. You can, you know, you can win some games here and there. You can beat the teams you're supposed to beat like Arizona on Sunday, but that's going to be the style they're going to play. It's going to be a bigger and physical, heavier style. That's not with the times. Um, and I'll say this, at least they kind of know that now, you know, that they're Garen's recognizing that this is the style they're going to have to play again. I don't love the style and it's not appeasing to the eye. And it's not, it, it, I think the frustrating part as we talked about last year was so much fun because it was a high flying with the times kind of team. Mm-hmm. So can Bill Guerin basically be the elixir to these teams, right? Can, can he slow down a Colorado or a St. Louis or a Vegas or a Seattle? Right. right. I, I don't like those chances necessarily, but that instead of playing to a style that they can't play to, which is a fast, speedy style, I actually kind of applaud the fact that Guerin just said, all right, as much as it might be boring and not not as fun and as exciting as last year, this is the style we do have to play if we're going to win games. And for those who come back and say, yes, but you guys have talked about this before in the playoffs, it becomes a different game, it's heavier, blah, blah, blah. Yes, you're correct about that. But let me just run through to you what they're dealing with, okay? Because this is the problem. I went through the centers. Erickson Eck is a legit center. Yeah. Um, is, he, is he an all-star? No, but he's legit. Goudreau on his best night has a role there, okay? Sam Steele, as far as I'm concerned, is a guy. He is nothing more than a guy. And and his first game, not shockingly, was Zuccarello and Kaprizov. He was really good, and he is now just a guy again. Um, But the issue is, when we're talking about playoff teams and we're talking about teams that make runs, and yes, they can bring the, the heaviness. They can do a little bit more. Okay, Kaprizov, Steele. Zuccarello, you're missing a center. The next line right now. So I'm going through the lines that they used against Toronto. Greenway, Goudreau, Boldy. Now, Boldy scored a really nice goal, but that line in its own zone was terrible. Um, Greenway doesn't do a lot right now for, for me. He's just coming back, and he is, on his best day, he's up and down. Goudreau's a third or fourth line role player. He is not a second line center. And I love Boldy, but but he is cast with... These two, and I don't love that. Felino, Erickson, Eck, Reeves. All right. I like that line. I like that line, except for the thing is, when you watch Reeves play, wait till you watch him play in person from the press box. Um, he brings swagger. I love what he brings internally, but Dex, he can't skate anymore. <laughs> it's done. It re- it looked like, like me at Grotonka Park trying to skate with the with good. Uh, with good players on a Saturday afternoon pickup game, okay? God God bless me, I wanted to be good, but I was dragging. And every once in a while, I'd catch up to a kid and smear him. So that was awesome. Sure. Uh, but I'm just saying, when we're talking about the playoffs now, I don't think he's playable. Last line, fourth line, uh, Patan, Dewar, Shaw. Actually, I don't mind that for a fourth line. But no Rossi. And whether they're right or wrong, the fact that Rossi is not developing in their minds is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Let's go back to when when Fiala was traded and we were thinking, what are the options here? We were very much thinking Rossi has to be, and I really do think he did need to be a top six guy, mm-hmm. right? So, all right, now let's go to the defense. Middleton and Spurgeon. Spurgeon is what he, he is, which is a very reliable player. And you know what? The Jake Middleton trade has worked out well. I do like it. I really do. But yesterday, the second pair, the second pair, Goligoski and Dumba. 
Dumba's awful. He was awful again yesterday. He was terrible. There's no two ways about it. He should be probably the scratch tomorrow. So so Rodin missed the last two games sick. He's coming back tomorrow. Um, Dumba should be the scratch. Goligoski, if they're going to do it, it's probably going to be, because I hope to God it's not Kalen. Uh, it's probably going to be the Goose. And then the last pair, Merrill, Addison. Okay. But that second pairing's not, that second pairing, Declan, does not work. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're they going to roll a 7-D probably again. That's probably what they're going to do. They're going to roll a 7 defenseman again. And take a forward out? Yes, and take probably a, a, a slappy out. They'll, that's probably what they're going to do. I don't they're need 7 defensemen. I don't need, Goligoski or Dumba can be scratched, man. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to scratch Dumba yet. D- Dumba has been atrocious. I'm with you. I, I we're watching the end. This is the end. This is this is the end. Oh, and to be honest, I, I I move on. I would move on from him, but I don't know also who wants him, and and you're not going to give him away. And Garen's not going to scratch him just because he hasn't liked his play necessarily. I mean, I agree. He's but, he's been he's been poor. He's but, been bad. He's who's been bad. Got scratched because yeah, well, he's old, not that good. Right, but 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 he doesn't have. Uh, a on his sweater. He doesn't. He means a lot more to the room than anyone else thinks. Um, he's not going to scratch. Twenty eight, Judd. Yeah, he's not going to. Dumbest twenty eight. I'd scratch him. I I understand you would scratch him, but he's not going to scratch him. Yet. Gotta make tough decisions. Um, but I I would be looking to move on from him by the deadline at this point. He, I think he, it will be. He he's this he's had a he was a great he had a great run here. He's been playing here since he's basically 18, 19, 20 years old. I get that. That's all good for him. Um, they're not going to make I think a move to do that. But to your point on the forward lines, if Rossi hasn't developed and he can't get Boldy going consistently, I know Boldy's now strung together nice back to back games with some goals here, which is good for him because he went about a lull there for a week and a half, two weeks where he wasn't scoring. It makes the rest of your lines look kind of poor. So like if if Rossi was developing and he was with Boldy and throw Goudreau, whoever the hell you want, Greenway doesn't really matter to me on the other wing of that. Yep. Then you look at a at a at a you know Felino and Reeves line where an Eck line, you're like, okay, you can get by with that because you have two lines that can score. That's why it worked so well last year with their offense. It was deep. And that's why a lot of projections said, well, Wilder, one of the deepest teams in the league. Yes. They, they have a lot of deep players that can play bottom six roles. They don't have enough high end talent to score five on five when you remove Kevin Fiala. And this is not me being religious history that they should have kept Kevin Fiala. They, 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 there was no real circumstance with their salary cap where they could have kept him. There just wasn't. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not playing the revisionist history of they should have kept Kevin Fiala and then they should have traded Dumb and then traded Greenway and made all this weird cap space math work. It just never was going to work. No, but I, I I do I, I think that's why I raised some eyebrows when projections started came out in the preseason and and the narrative. Well, they're deep. It's like yes, they're deep. They don't have enough high end talent though to continue the hundred you know plus goal scoring that they had last year. Yeah. That that was going to regress. And I think people got so caught up in the hashtag depth that they just thought, well, they'll be fine. Yes, they have enough bodies to form a team. They don't have enough high-end talent to score at the rates that they were last season. And I think some people just kind of ignored that or thought, oh, it'll be fine. And now you're seeing about 20 to 25 games in here, which is enough of a sample size to know with any analytic or any eye test that this team can't can't keep up and can't score consistently to be taken seriously as a playoff threat. So let's forget the... Fiala thing for a second because it's done. It had to be done. You're right. Okay. And and you know what? Um, we we talked about the fact that that was going to, to hurt, but he's gone now. And so to lament it is to just sort of second guess yep. about what could you have done. And I agree with your point. But let's talk about the in progress, first guessing of the treatment of Rossi with this team. That's weird. 
Are you telling me? You're honestly sitting here and telling me? Steele, Goudreau, Eck, Dewar, that Marco Rossi cannot play? And if he can't play, you're keeping him here as an extra center? Because somebody might puke? Or somebody might get hurt? How, I mean, we have been very much on uh, uh, praise Garen. And I think he's done a lot of good, good things. And personally, he seems like a good guy. I mean, real good guy because he shoots straight as far as hockey goes. Um, I'm souring on Dino. I'll, I will say that. And, and this is why I, this is why I said, I, I think on uh, Purple Daily to you guys a couple of weeks ago, you know, Kevin O'Connell looks great right now and he's done a great job and I praise him. But I said, I also have to slow myself down because in 2019, I praised Rocco. Rocco Baldelli did a great job. And now I'm like, what are you doing half the time? Um, well, last year, Dean had a team that he could make high flying, and he did. And now he's got a team. And here's what I hate, and I've seen this a thousand times, and I think Dean is more along the lines. I mean, Dean played when I was a kid. And, and as you recall, when I was talking to Bill about get Garrett on the show about some things a few months back, he's like, you are so 1980s, right? Yeah. And he's right. And I laughed about it. And I'm like, you are exactly right. Dean coaches some ways, same way. His, his philosophies, Declan. His philosophies. I mean, I am holding up the line charts right here, okay? This is a milk points Ross, uh, line chart. How can we milk points from these guys? No, they didn't do it yesterday. But... I do think the treatment of Rossi is inexcusable right now. Um, now, when he had been scratched for one game, I didn't like it, but I was like, okay, he's going to get back in. Now he's being scratched. Now he's being treated like an extra player. Now he's being treated, to use our favorite term, like any old slappy from Iowa, right? So forget the Fiala thing. It's done. It's gone. He's, he's in Los Angeles. But the Rossi thing to me is negligence in progress. Mm-hmm. I hate this. And if you think he's a bust, we got big problems. And if you think, oh, no, hold on a second. He is, you know, this whole thing. I've seen the story so many times of, you know, everyone has to learn. I I saw, I I think uh, the Pioneer Press had a Rossi story Thanksgiving Day or yesterday. And it was the same thing of everybody had, you know, he, I'm going through, I think what he said is, I'm going through what a lot of guys have gone through. Rossi did. And, you know, I'll learn from that and blah, blah, blah. No, dude, you need to play. You need to be playing. And so I I vehemently object to what's being done there. And I also vehemently object to the fact that this team, if not for Brodeen being sick, was going to scratch Kalen Addison uh, for, for Alex Goligoski after the 1,000th game. That's not how you build this team. And they don't trust Marco Rossi. Uh, coaching staff wise, I, right. I'm, I'm not sure why they had the similar thing with Fiala two years ago. Like, wasn't he scratched like against Montreal? You know, surely like this was like two or three years ago. Kevin was, Fiala, or was he was he benched? I don't know if he was scratched. Yeah, yeah. Was, was that was that Bruce or was that Dean? That, I think that was Dean. Dean okay. might have been Bruce though. But but okay. you know what I'm talking about clearly. Where it was a high end talented player who was scuffling a little bit, wasn't allowed to be himself. Then it forces him to not be himself, and he's now catering and playing down to his own style, and now he can't figure out who the hell he is. It's similar now to Marco. Um, I'm not sure why they don't trust him. I tend to agree a little bit with you that something, it's more of a Dino thing that we don't know about, and also then also why. Like, I want to know then why. Why don't you trust this guy over Sam Steele's? 
over all these other slappies that are basically playing significant minutes over a guy who was the ninth overall pick, 10th overall pick in the draft. And, you know, this is where I just, I, I can never, unless it is a just absolute can't miss number one prospect. I never get into prospects. I never fall in love with prospects because this happens because you get so enamored by the fact of, Oh my God, I can't believe he fell to the wild at 10. And now we're about 25 games into the season. He's played about what 14, 15 of them. And he hasn't done anything. Now, again, is that the player learning the ropes? Is that the coaching staff not trusting him? Or is that the coaching staff watching him enough smarter than us saying this kid's not ready or isn't who he was supposed to be. Then why is and, he here? Exactly. I'm with you. He should be then in send Iowa. Send him down. If you don't trust he him, should send be in him, Iowa. get him playing somewhere. I agree. I agree. But but my that's my overall point is is when people just get and this happens mostly in baseball and hockey than any other sport because there's actual prospect systems and pools that you watch these guys rise through the rankings and there's people that follow them a lot more. And until they actually get here, I never fall in love with them and I never fall in love with the idea of them because it's a crapshoot. Prospects are lottery tickets. Some of them have better odds for sure. But they're lottery tickets, and I, that's why I, I've never really. I, well, once Marco Rossi here, it's, it's going to be game changing. It's going to be completely over. Well, I, it's been 15 games here, and is he is he really just not that good, or is the coaching staff not trusting him? And then it's just this moving the goalposts of why this prospect isn't working, and it's incredibly frustrating. I get your point. The ninth overall pick, though, is like it's like ha- having a mint vintage baseball card. Sure. And doing what they're do- doing is bending the cards. Bending the card. <laughs> I mean, it's your job to take right. care of it. Yes. Like, like, because yes. I'm totally with you on the majority of picks. And yeah, third round and on, you got to do your best for sure. Mm-hmm. But some are going to work and some aren't. But yep. when you have a top 10 pick, you've got to do everything you can to make sure that you don't damage the goods. And right now, they're damaging the goods. And that's what drives me nuts. Uh, and I know if you listen to Dean talk, he's all about developing team, right? He he likes to talk about, you know, the wild did this, the wild did that. He doesn't like to point to particular players and things. Uh, but it's 2022, dude, and this is the ninth o- overall pick. And more importantly, this is not a pick where you already are strong. See, if Marco Rossi couldn't play because I read to you a center list that started with, well, let's just flip over my line sheet. Austin Matthews and John Tavares. Um, then, then you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Nice to develop him, but I get why he's not playing. <laughs> right. But Sam Steele and Frederick Goudreau, who is a Dino favorite because he plays like Dean did. Uh, come on. So um, totally with you on your overall point. Top 10 pick, though. You are taking a you're taking a, a a vintage baseball card and you're screwing around with the corners and then you're taking it to the to the PSA people and saying put a good grade on this baby and they're like oh you screwed it up so I anyway agree. that's my that's my problem uh, but more importantly than anything start start to get some home wins you're two and two on a seven game homestand. Yeah, you need you need five hundred. Don't work for me, baby. You need back to back wins here to wrap things up. I mean, they yeah. have that, and they had a soft start. They got to their three season. left, right? Three left here. Yeah, they, whatever they it the is, Coyotes, the Oilers, but but they had a soft start to their season on their road schedule, and they were basically a five hundred through it. And these they, points they, will come back to, to bite. Yeah, them. and this is this Great. is where the, the, it hurts them. So yeah, they got to finish the home stand strong to. To just get more a little more belief. You know, they they won big against Winnipeg, and that was great. They put up you know a touchdown against them, if you will. And last night, and you know, Matt, I I don't like 
ever blaming officiating, but Matt Murray's a clown. Like that 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 is complete. Oh, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that S. up. Like it is complete. Did you see all those times? Crap. He, yes. And and he broke. So the last one, he broke the he broke the yeah. marsh peg. Yes. They they to come in and redo the ice around the he marsh. He should peg. be fined. He one hundred percent should be fined. How do you not by the second one? The second one was egregious. It was right yeah. b- below me in the press box. How do you not give him a delay of game? You yeah. you have a rule in place that a player who flips the puck out of his own zone if it does right. not hit glass, accident or not, no matter, we could be in game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals in overtime, and if I accidentally flip the puck too high, I get two minutes delay a game. How do you not have a penalty in place for, like, it's one, and, and it's not very hard. Okay, two players, two skaters crash into the net. The net is off. That's unfortunate we stopped the game i agree but a goaltender is basically abusing the net and lifting (laughs) it with his pad by himself without anybody yeah Yeah, that was an unbelievable uh um terrible job and i guess he had just done the same thing against yeah he's a defender which caused fans to throw crap on the ice good and they they had to take the maple leafs off the ice so this is ridiculous no i'm glad you broke it's a repeat offender he should be 100 percent fined honestly a suspension should be in order like the official like it's but it's a penalty yeah it is it's a penalty penalty. and officiating look people refs are going to miss calls i get that like yesterday's game was obviously not the cleanest of officiating of games but I can hold someone accountable there. And it's the GD goaltender who is breaking the net, literally breaking yeah, the net the off, its, off, off its pegs. He should be fined and or suspended 100%. And just, be, and just to be very clear. So, so we used to have that. This has always been a tough one because there used to be a rod that went into the net and held it and you couldn't move it. Fred Barrett of the North Stars years ago, I think, uh, fractured his leg because it didn't move and his leg right. did. Mark Howe fell on it. It popped up off and Mark Howe like fell on the rod and impaled himself. And so they're like, we got to change this because someone's going to die. So they went to magnets when I was about 20 and they came off because if you jam that net at all, like if a goaltender went side to side, the net came off. And so that was a problem. The marsh peg actually works. How many times do you see Dex? a net come off after a jam. You don't really much, right? So this guy was doing it. He is as hard as he can going in and lifting with his pad. Uh, yeah, completely ridiculous. And for him, he got a talking to. Oh, At I one know. point, remember, it, got, what, what are you it's doing? It's what are you doing? So that is, yes, change that rule. It's a delay of game uh, or more. Or you know what? I'm telling you. Something. Suspend him. Suspend him or fine him. Uh, it's a joke. Yeah, it's it was crap. a joke. All right. All right, man, hit the subscribe button. Daily uh, Minnesota sports entertainment right here on this YouTube channel. Maybe the Wild will string together some wins here. Uh, Vikings on a mini bye week, if you will, nice. after playing on Thursday night football. So go check out Ventline. Go check out uh, yesterday's hot takes after the game uh, as well. So uh, Daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment on Purple Daily. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment right here on Score North and Pass Shoot Score.